Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I am your host, Peter Komalafe. This is where we talk about money and all things personal finance, where we help you make the best financial decisions possible because money is a tool and life is for living. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are well. Um, Before we get started, we didn't have a podcast episode last Monday. um, And unfortunately, it's because I was I was in London. Um, If you came to the book signing on Saturday, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I mean, it was amazing to see so many of you there. And it was great also to be able to sign the book for for as many of you who came. Um, And just for the support, the support was just amazing. I was very reticent about having a book signing because of the logistics it was a nightmare to put together but uh now that it's done i'm so glad that we had it done and if you came thank you so much if you've also bought the book i want to say a thank you as well because the numbers for the book the first week were extremely good i'm told that in to sell the the numbers that we sold is is good going and that's from professional people who have been writing books for years and years and years so i just want to say Thank you so much to every single one of you for the support. I really do appreciate you. If you've not got a, cop- got a copy of the book already, you can grab one on Amazon. It's called The Money Basics, How to Become Your Own Financial Hero. Now, for this episode of the podcast, and this will be available as a video on YouTube, it's going to be available at 12 p.m. I'm going to be joined by Invest Engine because we're going to be talking about the tax year end. And we're going to be talking specifically about ISIS. Um, Really, really important time of year because your your tax allowance, your ICE allowance is going to reset. And ISIS are such that if you don't use it, you will lose it. And so in order to get into the meat and bones and to deliver some value here, I'm joined by Andrew Prosser from InvestEngine. Welcome, mate. Thank you very much for having me, Pete. Not a problem at all. Really good to see you as well last week because we uh, yeah. we bumped each other into each other at the uh, the good money uh, the good the the good money good guide money awards. That's the one. Good yeah. money guide awards last week. And congrats, by the way, because I know that you guys won as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, we won an award for best ETF investing platform, and uh, you won as well, didn't you? Yeah, it was it was nice to actually get an award. To be honest, I've, <laughs> I've been nominated for maybe three or four over the last maybe two years. I've come yeah. runner up twice so it was nice to actually be awarded something for the first time uh, in that period of time as well so no thank you mate thank you so for the benefit of the listeners um and the watchers on youtube mm-hmm. why don't you give yourself uh, give us an introduction to you and a little bit about invest engine if that's possible please yeah sure um so i'm andrew prosser um head of investments at invest engine uh, and what that means is that i'm responsible uh, alongside the rest of the investment team for constructing the managed portfolios um, and ensuring we put together a really strong range of risk-rated portfolios, which maximize returns for each level of risk. Um, alongside that, I'm also kind of responsible for the investment proposition kind of more broadly, and just helping to figure out how we can bring the best investment proposition possible to our clients. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, in terms of Invest Engine, um, Invest Engine, kind of in a nutshell, uh, a really far, they're a really fast-growing ETF investing platform. Um, and we offer both DIY uh, and managed investment solutions. Um, so that means that investors can come onto the platform and they can either select their own ETFs to invest in um, from a huge list of, I think there's about 550, just over 550 ETFs on the platform uh, on the DIY side. Um, or if they prefer to, to outsource their investment management, they can sign up to a managed portfolio, um, which is constructed by the investment team. Brilliant. And and for those of you who may be watching this on YouTube or you follow the YouTube channel, you'll know that we've actually covered uh, Invest Engine on the channel before. And 
actually, I don't think you had as many as 500 ETFs when we did um, videos last on the channel. I think you were still in the maybe 250, 300 mark. And Adam was always saying that you are quickly onboarding new ETFs almost on a weekly basis and you were going to have a large universe of of, unit, of ETFs to, to select from. So it's nice to hear that you've now got, you know, 500 or so on there. Yeah, well, we do listen to our clients regularly. We have a community forum where if they have a particular hankering for an ETF and they want to invest some cash in it on the DIY side, they can post on there and say, we'd like to see this ETF, please. And that'll be fed back um, through the customer support channels um, to the team. Uh, and then we'll do our best to get that ETF opened and available for, for investors. So really, our aim is to bring um, as much um, investment breadth as possible um, to our clients. And so you've got two offerings. You've got the DIY offering, which is free, mm -hmm. but yep. obviously customers then pay for the ETF because the ETFs will often have charges. Exactly. And then you've got the managed portfolio service, which is where they kind of just outsource it. Someone manages it. And that obviously has fees because you're getting expertise, aren't you? Exactly. Yes. On the DIY side, clients can can log in um, either via the app or the or the kind of web portal on the web browser. Um, and they can choose on the DIY side from a, a list of the 550-ish ETFs um, and totally commission-free. So uh, that means we don't charge trades, we don't charge trades, we don't charge FX fees, uh, we don't take a cut of the ETF spread. As you mentioned, there will be a, a, a charge levied by the ETF, but that's taken by the ETF and depends on the ETF. Um, and that's kind of on the DIY side of things. For the managed portfolios, as you mentioned, there is a charge of 0.25%. Uh, so that's 0.25% a year, um, plus the underlying ETF fee, which is, depending on the strategy, somewhere between 10 basis points and 25 basis points. Um, so 0.1% and 0.15%. Again, there's no trading, there's no custody, there's no FX fees. Um, so on both sides, um, it's a, an extremely cheap service. So getting into the tax year end, um, mm. this will be going out as the new tax year rolls in, really, later on this week. We've seen that there's a lot of new changes with the, the budget recently from Jeremy Hunt. Mm. I'm interested to know, for, for you guys, are ISIS still an important tax allowance to make sure that you're utilizing yeah. um, during a tax year? Yeah, yeah. So the headline changes in the spring budget uh, mainly affected pensions rather than ISIS. Um, and I think it's probably worth um, just for kind of broader context, just touching um, on the pension changes quickly, and then we can get into the ISA stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Just uh, by way of information, there were two kind of major changes um, that were made in the most recent budget. Um, the first change was the lifetime allowance, uh, and that's the total amount you can contribute to a personal pension throughout your life. Uh, that's been abolished. Um, so you can now contribute as much as you want over your lifetime into your pension. And as well as that, the annual allowance for pension contributions which is the amount that you're allowed to contribute to your pension each year before you lose the tax benefit, that was increased from 40,000 a year to 60,000 a year. So as it stands, those are great changes for investors who want to save for retirement, um, but might not benefit the majority of investors. Um, they're kind of they're very specific, targeted um, tax changes, really. Um, so the raising of the annual allowance um, is going to mainly benefit those who are very high earners and are wanting to invest more than 40K yeah. a year into their pensions. Um, and the abolishment of the lifetime allowance will mainly benefit those who are kind of on the verge of retiring uh, due to the pension limits, yeah. um, but who yeah. are now able to continue kind of contributing. Um, and I think, you know, this was, was specifically... Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
I was going to say, were you surprised by that at all? Because I, I was a little surprised that he that he abolished it altogether. I mean, there were talks about it going from mm. you know, just over one million that it was to one point eight, but I was yeah. like, okay, wow, he's abolished it altogether. Yeah, I think it was specifically um, targeted to encourage the NHS doctors to remain in employment. Um, I think lots of them were retiring kind of early in an earlier stage of life, um, having hit the the pensions cap. Um, but kind of on, on top of the changes that have just been announced, I think the Labour Party have said that they intend to roll back the changes anyway um, if they manage to, mm-hmm. to come into power at the next election. So I think the point is that the pensions yeah. changes are great for those who will be able to take advantage of them. Um, but it's likely to be kind of relatively few people. Um, and even those might not be able to do so for, for very long. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, this is where we segue into the ISA side mm. of things, because I think for for the majority of people, the ISA allowance seems to be the most accessible one yeah. where you, if you've got the disposal income, you can put money into that. It's mm. accessible, that kind of stuff. Do you think it's still an important allowance that people need to make sure that they're prioritizing? Absolutely. Um, and I think the more meaningful change um, for investors, um, and it also might end up being a kind of long, longer lasting change um, to, the cha- to the tax rules, are the changes to both the capital gains tax annual exemption amount uh, and the fall in the dividend tax-free allowance. Um, and this was announced at the or the autumn budget, so not the spring budget, the autumn one, the one beforehand. Um, so the CGT allowance, which is the amount of capital gains that you're able to realise without having to pay tax on those gains, uh, it's currently £12,300. So that's useful information for this year. Um, but it's due to fall to £6,000 um, on the 6th of April, um, so in about a week's time. Uh, and then it'll halve again to £3,000 the following year. And it's the same sort of deal for the uh, for the dividend tax-free allowance. Uh, it's currently £2,000, um, but reducing to £1,000 in 2023. Um, so again, a week's time. Um, and to £500 the year after. Um, so yeah, to, to answer your question, although the spring budget mainly focused on the pension changes, um, the changes from the autumn budget meant that for those, who, for those investors who are holding portfolios um, outside of tax wrappers, it's definitely becoming an even more important aspect for them in their financial lives to ensure they use a nicer wrapper wherever possible. Um, and equally important for investors who are opening investment accounts for the first time to prioritize investing in tax wrappers like ISAs as much as possible. And obviously the key benefit being that everything that's held within an ISA wrapper, so both the income and the capital gains from your investments, um, they're entirely tax-free. So it's a really tax-efficient way to invest for the long term. People often get confused when it comes to ISA rules. Mm. And it can be a little confusing a lot of the time. Yeah. But I just wanted to ask you, when it comes to ISA contributions, we've already established, you know, your your allowance is £20,000 currently, according mm. to, to the rules. Um, and whatever you accumulate in this ISA account becomes, you know, tax-free from income, capital yeah. gains, so on and so exactly. forth. But are there any other kind of rules around mm. ISAs that people need to be aware of yeah. going into the new tax year. Yeah, so you've covered the major ones, the £20,000 limit um, and the kind of tax benefits of investing in the ISA wrapper. But also a really important one to remember is that you can't carry over your ISA allowance. So if you don't use your whole allowance in the tax year, it will be it will be lost. Um, mm-hmm. The tax year runs to the, the 5th of April. Uh, now, I mentioned that you've got a £20,000 allowance. Um, and you can split that allowance across a, free, a few different types of ISAs. Um, so, for example, you can have a cash ISA, um, which is similar to a kind of regular savings account, except that you don't pay tax on any interest earned. 
you can have a lifetime ISA um, or LISA if you're under 40 years old. Um, and that's specifically for those who are either saving for a first home um, or life after retirement. Um, and that's kind of the, the kind of uh, benefit of that savings vehicle is that the government pays in an extra one pounds for every four pounds that you save. Um, and you can build up um, four thousand pounds a year into the LISA. So the government um, can contribute an extra one thousand pounds maximum. You can also have a junior ISA um, to invest for your children. Uh, again, where all the gains are tax free. Um, and you can invest up to £9,000 in that. Um, and importantly, that £9,000 doesn't contribute towards your £20,000 limit. Um, I think what your listeners and uh, viewers will be most interested in, though, is the, the stocks and shares ISA. Um, that's one of the most popular mm -hmm. types of ISA. Um, and these kind of allow you to invest your money in stocks and shares, as the name suggests, um, with one of the main benefits of the stocks and shares ISA being that you don't pay capital gains or income um, on any gains generated by your investments. Um, and that's kind of where Invest Engine comes in. Um, we're able to offer our clients stocks and shares ISAs, um, not only on the platform, but they're totally free. Um, so there aren't any costs for having an ISA account on our platform, meaning that investors um, can take advantage of the compounding effect of not having to pay tax on your investment gains uh, over the long term. And, and just in the, in the ISA rules as well, something mm. that I know that always confuses people is this whole idea of contributing into more than one ISA per tax year. It can be very, very convoluted. So, for example, um, the general rule of thumb is if you have uh, an ISA with a stocks and shares ISA with Invest Engine, you mm. can't go and have another stocks and shares ISA with another provider. However, you can split your ISA allowance, your £20,000 ISA allowance across the various different kinds of ISAs that you've just outlined there. So, you can exactly. have you know, money in your lifetime ISA, your cash ISA, and your stocks and shares ISA, as long as it doesn't exceed £20,000 as a combination of those three things. Yeah. And obviously your junior ISA, which is savings for your children, that's their own £9,000 allowance. That's separate, it exactly. Impact yeah. on yours specifically. So, yeah. yeah. I know that one of the things that are really important as well to kind of maybe touch on this time of year, and I get this a lot, and again, this kind of leads into leads back into um, the rules around ISAs. Mm. People are like, well, I've got an ISA with this company, that company, that company. Can I amalgamate them all into one? So how do how do ISA transfers work? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that ties in really nicely with your kind of previous question about points of confusion, because um, I think it is definitely a point of confusion for investors. Um, and the rules are actually pretty straightforward. Um, so when it comes to transferring your ISA between ISA providers, it's possible to transfer to both transfer an ISA from a previous tax year and also to transfer to a different ISA provider during a tax year. Um, so moving funds from one ISA to another, it doesn't use up any of your ISA allowance. And I think that's a big point of confusion. People get worried if they transfer from one ISA provider to another um, that they're going to lose out on their, their allowance, but that's not the case. Um, you can transfer to a different provider without it using up any of your ISA allowance. If you want to transfer money uh, that you've invested in ISA during the current year, um, you have to transfer all of it, all of the holdings, all of it. Um, but for money that you've invested in previous years, um, you can choose to transfer either all or part of your, your savings. It's up to you. Um, an important point to remember, though, is that when you're conducting the transfer, you need to contact the provider that you want to move to first. That should be the first step. Um, they'll help you fill out the ISA transfer form. Uh, what you shouldn't do is withdraw the cash from your old ISA 
because then you won't be able to reinvest that part of your tax-free allowance again. And that's, a, that's an important point to remember. So transferring ISA is very easy to do. You should just contact your ISA provider and ask them to initiate the transfer and they'll do all the admin for you. Um, and I think what's even better is that InvestEngine are providing bonuses for investors either transferring that ISA onto the platform uh, or to new clients opening account for the first time. Um, and I think you have a referral link that you're able to to share with your, your viewers and listeners. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So what tends to happen is, I mean, around this time of year, there are always lots of kind of like uh, incentives by companies like like InvestEngine to get people who are maybe on the fence around transferring their ISIS and amalgamating into one. Because if you've got, mm. you know, four or five different ISIS from previous years, it's very, very easy to lose track of each of them. So if you wanted to put it into one place where it's easy to monitor, easy to control, it's just, it takes away from the stress of forgetting you've got something somewhere that you've got to open an account, well, got to go back to that account, find the login details and find out how much you've got in there, so much easier. So in the show notes at, on the podcast on Apple and Spotify, and also in the description in um, on YouTube, you're going to have... Um, a link where you can actually instigate a transfer with Invest Engine, and what you'll get is you'll get a hundred pound bonus um, for the transfer, or if you invest ten thousand pounds or more. So if you invest ten thousand pounds with, with Invest Engine, or you transfer ten thousand pounds in high holdings uh, with Invest Engine, you'll get a hundred pound bonus. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that as we as we close off the episode. Now, Invest Engine are, I mean, predominantly you deal with ETFs predominantly. Yeah. Why are ETFs a good choice for ISAs? Okay, there's a few things to think about here. Um, I think it's probably worth initially just taking a step back and kind of looking at the incredible growth that's been happening in the ETF market over the last few years. Um, there was a stat I was reading the other day um, that in 2021, investors um, piled in a trillion dollars uh, into the ETF market, um, and they're the fastest growing investment vehicle globally. That's a, a huge number. Um, and in 2022, um, it was really interesting to see the kind of gap between the old mutual fund market and the ETF market. There was a one, $1.5 trillion gap uh, in the flow of money from the old school mutual funds into, into ETFs. Um, so clearly, it's a really fast growing trend that's happening throughout the industry. And there are a few reasons why they're growing so fast. And those reasons tie into why they're so good for your ISA. And one of the major benefits is that they're cheap. Uh, investors are really realizing the power of keeping costs low. Um, I think one of my favorite stats on how fees can drag on a portfolio um, is that if an, in, if an investor uh, switches from a portfolio costing 2% into one costing 0.25%, and they both have the same returns before fees, then after fees, the result is a 96% larger portfolio after 40 years for the one with lower fees. Mm. That's just an incredible statistic. Mm. You can almost it's double the size of your portfolio by doing nothing other than reducing ongoing fees. And the point is that fees are obviously a huge drag on returns over time. So keeping them low is really important. Um, and that's uh, one of kind of InvestEngine's key um, investment philosophy points. We try and keep costs low wherever possible. And that's the first big benefit of ETFs that investors are realizing and contributing to their growth. Um, but the other big yeah. benefit is obviously ready-made diversification. Um, the broad mm -hmm. market tracking ETFs, they'll hold hundreds, if not thousands of stocks um, so when investors buy a single ETF, they're, what they're really buying is exposure to thousands of underlying companies all over the world. Um, and that makes creating a properly diversified portfolio much simpler. 
um, and should result in kind of better outcomes for ind individual investors over the long run compared to to try and select individual stocks and bonds. So that's kind of the second yeah. benefit. And I think um, diversification. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and I think that that really compounds when you start thinking about what we're talking about here. We're talking about mm. ISAs where your growth is free of income tax and capital gains tax. Well, yeah. Um, yep. And so when you think about diversification, the low cost element to it, mm. it's almost kind of like a no brainer. And I know that that stat about old mutual funds into ETFs, mm. It kind of surprised me, but it also doesn't surprise me because you think about old mutual funds, like they're expensive. They are pretty pricey in comparison to ETFs. Mm. And even in the modern day today, even if you look at maybe some of the robo-advisors and you look at uh, some of the other investment propositions that you can access on the market, most of them are buying ETFs anyway. Yeah. I mean, I remember I did a video for you guys and we were talking about the fact that um, you guys were cheaper um, the Vanguard accessing the Vanguard ETFs because you didn't have the platform fee. And that was a really interesting, people were struggling <laughs> to get their head around it. It's like, yeah. you've got access to the same ETFs, but there isn't the platform fee. So therefore, technically, you guys are cheaper. And I think you're right. People are kind of working up to the fact that actually, let's try and keep costs low. Mm. Because, yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can almost double the size of your investment portfolio because you've gone for a low-cost option. It's an absolute no-brainer. When you think about that over a 20, 25-year investment cycle, yeah. it's, it's huge. It's life-changing. It really is. It's such, a, it's such an important point. Um, and I think the kind of proliferation of investing knowledge through channels like this and podcasts like this, um, it's such a great thing for investors um, because I think one of the reasons that investors have taken so long to wake up is – that there just wasn't, there weren't these channels available to investors, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so the likes of, of you and the content creators out there who are out spreading the word about the benefits of low fees and the benefits of diversification and strong portfolio construction techniques, um, I think it's great for the industry. Um, and I think investors are going to be much better served going forwards um, if they start investing now than if they were doing the same thing sort of 20 years ago. So Andrew, give us a bit of an overview on how um, invest engine help people invest and actually create wealth for the future because this is something that has obviously been a very very big topic of conversation i feel since 2020 and the pandemic but you guys are mm. actively playing a, a large part in this in this uh i guess revolution around investing yeah yeah no yeah good question um so we firstly we offer clients the option of either offering a di either, either opening a diy portfolio or a managed portfolio or both um, so we kind of we touched on the fees, but I think it's really worth reiterating that on the DIY side of things, uh, clients can buy and sell ETFs from our list of 550-ish ETFs um, without paying any commission, totally commission-free. Um, yeah, we don't charge for the trades, don't charge FX fees, or take a cut of the ETF spread. Uh, very low-cost way for investors to manage their own money. Uh, on the managed portfolio side of things, again, very cheap, very easy. Um, we charge 0.25%, um, and then the underlying ETFs. Um, cost somewhere between 0.1% and 0.15%. Again, no trading fees, no custody fees, no FX fees, none of those kind of sneaky hidden fees. Uh, so it's an extremely kind of cheap service. Um, and all the portfolios, um, it's worth mentioning as well, um, are risk rated, all the managed portfolios are risk rated, which means that if somebody decides to invest in a managed portfolio, um, then they'll be taken through a short questionnaire um, and then they'll be able to invest in a portfolio at the end, uh, which has already been tailored to their kind of unique attitude to risk which makes sure it's appropriate um, for them. Um, and it's also worth noting, uh, I'm not sure if they've already mentioned this, um, but there are no ISA fees either. So there are no fees for opening an ISA uh, or for having an ISA wrapper kind of um, on an ongoing basis. 
but I think what really kind of attracted me to to the company, um, I joined the company last year. Um, so on a more kind of personal level, what make what makes Invest Engine kind of stand out from the, some of the other providers, um, I think is their kind of overarching um, investment philosophy and their, their kind of um, ability to put clients first. Um, the business has really been built around helping investors uh, invest for the long term. Um, so you won't find any kind of flashing lights. Um, you won't find any inducements to constantly trade, to buy and sell holdings. Um, it's actually the total opposite to lots of brokers who make money based on how much you trade. Mm -hmm. um, so on the DIY side of things, it's very much geared um, towards educating investors, helping them understand what they're invested in, helping them construct a long-term portfolio. Um, and, and kind of just to give you an example, um, as part of that, um, they have this ability um, to drill down into their portfolio um, and see the exact exposures that they have um, to each region, to each sector, uh, to each asset class, um, and even to kind of individual stock level. So you can buy whatever ETS you want. They'll all be dis displayed in the same place on the app or your web portal. And then you can see on an aggregated level how much you hold in, for example, Tesla, how much you hold in Apple. Um, and we call that the, the ETF look through. And it's a really helpful kind of tool for making uh, portfolio constructions uh, decisions. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we help out on the, the DIY side. Um, on the managed side of things, um, it's very similar. Portfolios are, again, they've got a great investment philosophy, um, similar kind of long-term um, time horizon. And we've constructed the, the managed portfolios to not only be low cost, um, but to be guided by kind of empirical evidence, academic studies, um, which means that we don't engage in behavior like performance chasing, where you just simply buy whatever's gone up the most in the last three years, um, which is a surprisingly common strategy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Nor do we invest based on whatever story is the most convincing, because again, that's a really easy way to invest. Um, and we don't kind of believe that we have a crystal ball um, and take really aggressive positions um, based on what we think is going to happen um, over the short term, because nobody does. Nobody can do that. Yeah. Um, but instead, the philosophy is kind of taking a longer term, more disciplined approach by basing our decisions on long term data, which has been vetted, it's been peer reviewed by academic institutions and kind of industry research companies. Um, so they've got a really strong um, philosophy behind them on both sides, and it kind of permeates through the entire platform and makes it a really great place for investors to, to start investing, I think. Okay, so here's a question for you then, because I think... Um... Certainly when I interact with people on the pod and on the channel, a lot of people, there's this always this question about, you know, should I lump sum or should I kind of pay in on a regular basis? And I'm kind of like, well, it depends on your circumstances really, doesn't it? If you've got a lump sum, it might yeah. be right for you to throw in a lump sum. Um, but if you're not mm -hmm. in that position where you have a lump sum to invest and a lot of people don't, and this is the joy of modern day investing, you don't need a lump sum to begin investing now. You can simply just put yeah. money in on a month to month basis. Are you doing anything in that sector to help people who want to maybe perhaps just invest on a regular basis month by month to be able to build a, a portfolio that they can use in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of in line with the kind of investment philosophy of putting clients first and making investing as accessible and easy as possible. Um, we have a direct debit system um, where you can log in using the app on the web browser if you prefer, um, which means that you can set up a direct debit from your bank account, which makes it really easy to contribute to your portfolio uh, on a regular basis. And lots of investors we find, um, lots of clients seem to find this helpful. Uh, because it's totally automated, mm -hmm. right? It yeah. requires no effort or administration on your part. You just have to set up the initial direct debit. Um, it's a complete set it and forget it approach, um, which a lot of our clients are using. 
Um, and the investing, actually, we haven't mentioned this, but the investing minimums are really small as well. So you can start off by investing from as little as £100 um, for your kind of initial contribution. And then the top-up increments um, are kind of as little as £1. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of set up regular investments into either a managed account or a DIY account or both. So it's really flexible in terms of amounts, uh, timings, and where the cash is, and where the cash is uh, invested. Um, it's actually it's, it's a it's a really good bit of functionality on on the app. Um, we have this thing called Smart Top Up, um, which means that after you set up your standing order um, into your Invest Engine account, um, you can set the percentage weights that you want to hold in your DIY portfolio. So if you want to create a kind of a 60-40 portfolio or you want to hold whatever weightings in specific ETFs, you can input those into the app so that when any new cash comes into your account from the direct debit, it's automatically invested okay. in line with your target weights. Nice. Um, so that means the whole process is totally automated, right? So all the investor needs to do is select how often, how much they want to invest, and the software does all the rest. There's no, no thinking, no admin. It's just completely automated, which I think is a really powerful way um, to help investors kind of invest over the long term and build strong, robust portfolios. Yeah. And if you've, if you've picked up the book, you'll know that automation is something that I mentioned in the uh, chapter when I talk about invest early, because oftentimes mm. people have the best intentions. They want to invest, but the reality is like most things, life gets in the way and automating payments into an investment portfolio. It's just, it's a no brainer because you don't have to think about it. It automatically happens. It helps you get into the habit. And I talk a lot about the habit in the book, you know, even if it is, you know, a small percentage of, what you can afford out of your disposable income that goes into an investment, that habit, as you bed that in, becomes fruitful because as you earn more money, if it's say 1% of your disposable income, if your disposable income grows, that amount also grows as well. So it's really, really important to try and think about automation, which I think is a great feature uh, for to have within Invest Engine, particularly with the money going into an ISA where it will be free from capital gains, free from income tax as well. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about the offer that is available to you from Invest Engine. So you will get a £25 bonus when you invest at least £100. And you will also get an additional £100 if you transfer at least £10,000 into an ISA before the 2nd of May 2023. Obviously, terms and conditions apply to this as well. And it goes without saying, Invest Engine are an investment provider, so your capital is at risk. And Invest Engine UK Limited is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. I would certainly encourage you to follow the link um, that I'm going to put in the show notes to the podcast on Apple and all the good podcast outlets, but also on YouTube if you're watching YouTube, will be there in the description. But also do check out the, t the T's and C's as well, so you can be fully abreast with how this works. Andrew, mate, thank you so much for, for joining me for this for this talk. Uh, really do appreciate it. Any last kind of like words for the viewers and listeners? Well, really, I'd just say, like to say thank you to you, Pete. Um, keep up the good work. You're doing a fantastic job at educating investors. This is exactly the kind of content that people need to hear. Um, and I hope your channel and the book both do really well. Thank you, mate. Really do appreciate it. And so, guys, there we are. I hope you found this useful. If you do have questions, be sure to leave them in the comments on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, maybe perhaps uh, give me a DM on Instagram as well. Thankfully, this past week, I got verified on Instagram, which means that I no longer have to worry. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I no longer have to worry about other people cloning my account, pretending to be me, trying to scam people. So 
if you are on Instagram and you are following me and you have been speaking to someone who's pretending to be me, if they don't have a blue tick, it is not me. Um, and it's been a long time getting that verification, but it finally came through this week and it only took a book and it only took a load of TV appearances to make it happen, but I'm thankful for it. So it's just another way to keep you guys safe, but I appreciate every single one of you. Have an amazing week. I will speak to you next Monday.